You're listening to Impact Is Own, your home for the latest news, analysis, and opinions on Michigan State men's basketball with your hosts, Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, and Brendan Shabath. We are back, coming at you from Greenville, South Carolina. Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, Brendan Shabbat here for WDBM Sports. Of course, it is March. The madness has begun. And we were blessed with a Michigan State 9.40 p.m. tip-off on Friday in the round of 64. They take on Davidson in the 7-10 matchup. Michigan State, of course, the seven seed. Big storyline in this one. Foster Lawyer, leading scorer for Davidson. Transfer, uh, obviously spent his first three seasons as a Michigan State Spartan. Brendan, what are your thoughts on Foster? Okay. I, I get it, right? I get it. Like, oh, wow, Michigan State draws Davidson in the first round and former Spartan Foster lawyer who left on good terms, but he did, in fact, leave. La-da-da-dee-da-dee-da-dee-da. Who the hell cares? I'm so over it, over the narrative, and, of course, we're going to have to talk about it on the broadcast. Good for Foster. He's had a great season. I personally thought coming out of high school he was uh, biting off more than he could chew at Michigan State. I didn't think Foster was a Big Ten guard, and that's okay. He's done a fantastic job at Davidson. He's second team all A-10. He's third in the nation in free throw percentage. Uh, he's shooting the three, third best in the country uh, overall amongst uh, NCAA players. He's had a great year. Davidson's had a great year. Good for them, but we need to end this conversation about Davidson and Foster Lawyer versus Michigan State and blah, 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 blah. I'm over it. I felt really bad yesterday as well. The entire Davidson player press conference was just hijacked by Foster Lawyer. Foster was one of four Davidson players there, including the Atlantic 10 player of the year, and then another member of the first team, all Atlantic 10. So it was a star-studded lineup of players, but I'd say about 85% of the questions for the Davidson players were all either toward Foster or about Foster to his teammates. So... If, if we hear Foster Lawyer one more time, I think Trent's head might explode, just attesting to, to, to his attitude on this topic as well. But, hey, like you said, Brendan, it just wasn't a fit at Michigan State. That level was just a little bit too much for him. He was His head was a little bit underwater. But now in the Atlantic 10, which is a very good basketball conference, he goes down there and is playing for a quality coach and a quality program at Davidson and is having a lot of success. And like you said yesterday, this is not – Foster Lawyer versus Michigan State. This is Michigan State versus Davidson, and people need to just treat it like that because I think all three of us are very tired of reading 8 million Foster Lawyer stories and going to a press conference and talking about it for 15 minutes. So no more, please. But this is not your mother's Foster Lawyer. He has uh, stepped into an expanded role, obviously, so things are a little different. I think he's averaging just over 16 points per game. Is that correct, Brennan? Yes. yes. So I was not as uh, – how should I put this? I did not play varsity basketball in high school like Brendan did. I do not have the animosity towards Foster that Brendan might. I didn't play high school basketball either, for the record. So, Brendan, with that being said, I want to know from your perspective, I think the biggest thing Michigan State has to do is stop Foster, and that's not because he played here. It's solely because, time as I said it best, Foster might know this team better than the team even knows itself. So, that's going to be really your only challenge, in my opinion. We'll do, we'll do score predictions at the very end, but how? what is the best way to slow down Foster Lawyer? I think for Michigan State, I mean, Michigan State will naturally slow down a player like Foster Lawyer if they do what they've done all year. And they've had a great three-point defense. They were best in the Big Ten uh, defending the three this season. Um, 
and, and they were 59th in the country overall at that. So that's a, a fairly good mark. Uh, teams only shoot about 31% against Michigan State. But it's less, uh, again, it, it's not about Foster. Yes, Foster Lawyer leads uh, Davidson in scoring, but he's not their best player. He's not the best player in the conference. They have that guy, though, and that's 6'10", 250-pound Luka Brykovic, who's averaging 14 points per game, seven rebounds. He shoots 57% from the floor, 40% from deep. Um, he's 34th in the country in Ken Palm, an effective field goal percent this season, which adds in, you know, that threes are worth more than twos um, in that calculation. But Michigan, you know, and, and to your point about Foster Lawyer knowing Michigan State's offense perhaps better than Michigan State might is not a huge issue in my opinion because the biggest difficulty that Foster Lawyer faced when he was at Michigan State was his size and his defense. And so I think Michigan State likes the mismatch of A.J. Hogard against Foster Lawyer, Jade Nakins against Foster Lawyer, and perhaps even an injured Tyson Walker against Foster Lawyer. So Michigan State's going to have their hands full down low with Luka Brykovich. That's where the game is going to be won and lost for Davidson. Um, and then on the wing, too, uh, Yunjun Lee, um, who's third team or first team all A-10, he's also averaging 16 points per game, six rebounds for Davidson. He's a guy that Michigan State will have to look out for as well. But, yeah, it, it, it's less about Foster, in my opinion, and more about Brykovich and Lee. I think, to your point, Brendan, really all of these guys form a really good team. Four of Davidson's five starters score in double figures, and their shooting numbers are just ridiculous. I mean, Foster shoots it at 45% from three. Lee is about 38% from three. Uh, or Mena, Men, Mena, Sam Menenga. I'm going to have to get that right before the broadcast. Menenga. Sam Menenga shoots it at also 38% from three. And then you have Grant Huffman, their first player off the bench, shoots it at 39% from three. Michael Jones, who's in the starting lineup, shoots it at 40% from three. And then Brykovic, like you said, also shoots it at 40% from three. So in my opinion, it's less about Foster and more of a team defensive effort against the Davidson team. They don't really create a lot off the dribble. They get a lot of open shots off really good screens, good cuts. They do a lot away from the basketball. They're not going to really break you down and penetrate and kick out. So it's going to be more of staying in your lanes, communicating well defensively and, and, and as opposed to keying in on just foster there's a lot of really good shooters on this team that don't need a ton of separation to make shots there there's some they can they can knock it down so it's gonna have to be a team effort when you look at what Davidson does well Brennan you nailed it Luke you elaborated on it they shoot the three that is where their offense comes from that is how they're fifth in the country Brennan in three-point shooting so they literally just throw them up there and look, the good news, if you're Michigan State, is that you have the bodies to get out, get out on the perimeter and stop it. Brendan, you mentioned one of the best three-point defenses in the country, number one in the Big Ten. Uh, so I, in my opinion, I look – first of all, I want to use – if I'm Michigan State, I want to use Tyson Walker as little as possible in this game. You, you don't want to have – and, you know, hopefully you don't find yourself relying on him too much. Would you start Tyson Walker or Hogard? I would still start Tyson because I would want to keep his confidence up, but – I mean, probably around that three-minute line change he's coming out. I was going to say, does he see the under-16 timeout? I'm going to guess that's when he comes out of the game. But whatever, neither here nor there. The point is, I would, I would look for Tyson Walker to play as little as possible. And my other wrinkle to this, Brendan, is that I think Jaden Akins could step up in this one. You could see a nice Baylor-esque performance from him when he had 12 points, played some really good defense. You know, he can get out on the wing a little bit. So I think he can kind of pick up the slack, if, it, if you can even call it slack, 
of Tyson Walker on that bum ankle, of course. And, you know, we're not going to talk about Duke because we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Kentucky lost last night as a two seed. But should we get that matchup with Michigan State and Duke, you're going to want Tyson Walker as close to 100% for that one. Yeah, 100%. Again, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. But Duke has some great guards, and that's where Michigan State is really going to need Tyson Walker. And I think even for Michigan State's coaching staff, I talked to some people uh, in the program, and they said he'll be fine. But even, you know, nobody – in the world knows what Tyson Walker is going to do tonight, even Tom Izzo. And, you know, he, he elaborated on that in the press conference yesterday uh, before open practice. He said Tyson will play how much and to what level remains to be seen. And I think that's exactly true. We're going to find out, I think, pretty quickly. My, my, my guess is I, 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 could, I think Tyson probably gets anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes tonight. What I, how I would play it if I was Michigan State, Send him out there to start. No matter what, you take him out at the under four, or the under 16, I mean. You give him four minutes, and you tell him, go 100%. Do everything you possibly can. Don't worry about the ankle. Give it all you have. And then when you come to the bench at the under 16 timeout, tell us how you feel. Does it feel worse? Does it feel fine? Do you feel like you're going to have a big night? Whatever it is, ask him how he feels. Tyson will have the best information and knowledge on his own situation rather than anybody else let him go give it 100 percent full gas for four minutes aj can come in and, and step up until the under eight the under four whatever and you can bring tyson back in as you normally would if you're dj stevens but yeah get, let him go out there and give it 100 percent, and then see how he does walker moved really well or decently well in practice yesterday there was a little bit of favoring on that ankle but well enough to start i mean tom Izzo said in his press conference yesterday that he's clearly not going to be 100%, which is fine because they don't need 100% of Tyson Walker when they can use him in certain spots. Like, for example, I think, in my opinion, I would pull him for the under-16 timeout. I'd give him three-ish minutes of really game speed because we were talking about this yesterday, Brendan. He looked fine in practice speed, but when that game speed picks up, they're going to have to test it. So I'd get him there for about three minutes take him out, ask him how it's feeling, survey from there. But another thing I'd do as well is, especially later in the first half and in the second half, I'd like to see him and Hogard play together. And Hogard can play on the basketball so Walker doesn't have to do as much cutting and creating. Hogard can be the primary facilitator. And Walker, who is, in my opinion, the best shooter on this team, can just come off screens, get open looks in transition, and, and you can kind of minimize him with the basketball in his hands and cutting and moving but also you can use his lethal shooting because that looked absolutely fine yesterday during practice so I'd look to, for them to be careful and I think Tom Izzo will be conservative with him knowing what Izzo does but Hogard and Walker at the same time I think would be a good thing as well to kind of not limit the minutes of Walker but kind of that that heavy contact that heavy creation and cutting I think that could be an effective way to get him in and use him against the Wildcats but also save him a little bit and make sure he doesn't uh, run into the ground. Yeah, you definitely don't want to overlook this Davidson team. You don't want to plan too lightly. I don't think Michigan State will because of the man Tom Izzo that is at the helm. But let's do a little reversal here. Sloan, I'll go back to you first on this one. Who leads the Spartans in scoring tonight? We've seen a ton of mixed baggage with this team all year when it comes to, you know, sometimes there's nine players in, in the scoring column. Sometimes there's four players in double figures. You know, it could be anyone's night at any given time. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we talked about with this team all year. Brendan makes fun of me about it for a little bit because I kind of just say, oh, you know, they play as a team. They don't have a star. Blah, blah, blah. They win. They're good at that. Who leads the team in scoring tonight, Luke, and how many? 
All right, so I don't want to necessarily steal your thunder here because I know that this is your take too. And I'm going to walk over closer to where you are here in our hotel room in Greenville, the south side of Greenville. And it's going to be one, two, three. Marcus AJ. Bingham Jr. Oh, I was going to say. So <laughs> no, you're going. No, I do have it. I thought you were trying to team me up for Marcus Bingham. But I do have okay. AJ. I swear to God. No, I have AJ as well. This, this Davidson team switches really well on defense. They rotate well. They're very fundamentally sound. But one area they struggle a lot is against physical guards going downhill. And we know a physical guard who goes downhill, and that would be AJ Hogard. I, I don't know if he's really going to shoot the basketball that well. He hasn't all year long. If that, I don't see a, a switch flipping and that just becoming all of a sudden effective in the tournament. But I could see Michigan State's primary offense really being just getting downhill, creating. I mean, he could have an, he had a double-double uh, points and assists against Purdue. He could do that again. I'd look for Malik Hall in this game as well to be kind of a physical presence on the, both on the wing and in the block against these forwards for Davidson as well. So he's probably my number two pick. But Bingham, in all seriousness, isn't a bad pick as well. He's going to have a really good matchup against Brejkovic, the, the, the Atlantic 10 Conference Player of the Year. Uh, Brejkovic is a guy who can step out and shoot it a little bit, so Bingham's going to be tasked with guarding the perimeter a little bit as well. But he could take that matchup kind of personally and want, and want to exploit it on his end as well. So that's not a bad honorable mention. Let's not kid ourselves. Anybody on this Michigan State team could be the leading scorer tonight. The thing that I think about is, is less about Michigan State and more about Davidson. So I'm going to throw out two numbers for you, Trent, and I'll see if you can guess what they are. The first number is 15. Hold on, I got no clue. <laughs> Michigan State turnovers per game. 15 is the number of players on the Davidson roster. Okay. The second number is 8. That's the number of players Davidson played in the A-10 tournament final. And those are... And one of them played two minutes. Correct. Um... The, the, their starters uh, on Ken Palm are anywhere from 64 to 80% of the team's minutes. After that, no guys above 45%. Um, they've got three guys that play from 31 to 45% of their minutes. They're not a very deep team. And that's why I look at Julius Marble and Malik Hall. Obviously, for Michigan State, it doesn't work out. And just in basketball, it doesn't work out perfectly that your bench players are going to play against their bench players and your starters will play against their starters. Teams are going to substitute at different points. But... Julius Marble, they're going to try to get him going early. And Malik Hall, they're going to try to get him going early as soon as they both check in before, at, or around that under-16 timeout in the first half. And I think if one of them can get cooking, it can be an avenue for Michigan State to lean on that player. You and I have the joke of Julius Marble will be 6-for-6 six six with 14 points, you know, whatever it is. Um, and he'll be the leading scorer for Michigan State. Malik Hall didn't score a bunch, but shot the ball well against Purdue. Um, I think he's had a couple days rest. He's been taking a beating the past few games for Michigan State, really the past month, Big Ten tournament and the end of the regular season. I think he kind of wants a game like that as well where he can get his confidence back. Not that he's lost his confidence, but you know, maybe just to convince himself and others that, hey, I'm still this guy. I can still put up 15, 20, 25, whatever it is um, for Malik Hall. So I I'm looking at those two off the bench for Michigan State to kind of be the leaders tonight. My pick is Hogard for a lot of the reasons that Sloan laid out, so I will not beat the proverbial dead horse. But, yeah, 15-10 and 10 performance against Purdue, I think that kind of propels him. And you're in a situation where I think that one of the first things Tom Izzo saw or, or said to his, any of his players when he saw the draw of Davidson was, A.J., this has to be your game because, uh, you know, Davidson's guard play, that's kind of how they, that's how they run it. So A.J.'s got to rise to the occasion. But my sleeper pick 
Gabe Brown, if this is going to be a game where we're trading blows and we're seeing these two teams just shooting the lights out against each other, you have to go with your team's best shooter. I understand that it's Tyson Walker, but we're not sure how much he's going to play. So I look for Gabe Brown, who's kind of busted out of his slump and as of late. Uh, he might knock down a few threes and you know get to the line a couple times, and all of a sudden we're looking at like a nice 16 to 18 point performance from Gabe Brown. So guys, before we wrap, Brendan, I'll go to you first. I want a score prediction. Who wins by how much? I'm going to defer to the predictions and the quote unquote line for this game. It's Michigan State one everywhere you look. I think it's pretty accurate. I think this is a tough Davidson team. I think a lot of people that are outside of the 48823 zip code um, and the, the state lines uh, that are Michigan um, are picking Davidson here. Uh, we've seen a 10-7 upset already in this tournament. We just watched one with USC and Miami. Um, this wouldn't be a surprise to me if Davidson wins. They have the pieces. Um, I think they've got the hunger. These teams have never faced each other before, so it's going to be kind of a, a, a game of unknowns, just like Michigan State. Davidson has a legendary coach in Bob McKillop who's coached them for 33 years and has over 630 wins. Um, but I do think Michigan State pulls this one out. I think it's a real close one, though. And in March, if you think it's going to be a close game, it's essentially a coin toss. So I'll say Michigan State 77, Davidson 75. I really like the, the high-scoring nature you have going in this one, and I completely echo your thoughts that this is not a Davidson team that any Michigan State fan can overlook. I know that when the, the tournament field was selected and everyone saw that potential matchup in the round of 32 with Duke, everyone may have started overlooking Davidson a little bit. But this is a Wildcats team that, like you said, Brendan, does a lot of things really well. And, and they shoot the ball really well overall, too, not just you know 38% from three, which is easily top 10 in the country. But they also shoot it at 48% overall. They shoot it well from the line as well. They find creative ways to get open looks. They set really good screens. They move off, off the ball really well. So it's going to have to be a disciplined effort. And Michigan State cannot get caught sleeping if, if they want to win this game, especially Bingham, too. He's going to have to guard out on the perimeter a little bit against their starting five, Brykovich, who shoots it well from outside. This is, this is no easy task for Michigan State. Davidson, they're really good in transition. They don't chase after offensive rebounds. They get back really quickly. You know, they find open way. They, they, they really, they're kind of a one-and-done team. And, and that's going to hurt this Michigan State team who, who looks to try to speed up Davidson because Davidson's tempo isn't necessarily the fastest. But for Michigan State, on defense, I look for my keys to be not really overhelping and, and leaving these good shooters open, you know, just – you can let a two, couple of twos go in instead of an open three. I'd look for that. Go downhill on Foster Lawyer, on other Davidson guards, and, and try to speed up the game as much as you can. Davidson's really good in transition because they, they put an emphasis on that. But try to speed it up, play your game as much as you can, and get them thrown off a little bit. I'm also going with the win in this one. I think it's going to be higher scoring, just like Brendan said, too. I'm going to go with Michigan State 76, Davidson 69. I think this is a game where Michigan State could potentially be trailing at halftime. I think it's going to be back and forth most of the game. I don't really see this getting out of hand at any point. And the more and more we've dived into this Wildcat team and, and heard them, heard their players, heard their coaches, this means a lot to them. This class making the tournament for their head coach, Bob McKillop, who is a great coach, it means a lot. They're going to take this seriously. They're going to be ready to go. Kind of a home crowd advantage potentially here in South Carolina. They're just up in North Carolina. So I got the Spartans in this one, but – it's not going to be an easy task like maybe some think it's going to be. 
I like the point about speeding up the game. I think Michigan State has to set the tempo because as Brendan laid out, Michigan State plays anywhere from nine to ten guys where Davidson plays seven or eight. So you have the depth to do it. You have the athleticism to do it. You have the shooting to do it. Just got to see them go in. And if they're not going in, <clears throat> Max Christie, you got to look down low for someone to be the stabilizer. So, you know, Malik Hall, that Julius Marble baby hook, Marcus Bingham baby hook, whatever the case may be. I'm a little more optimistic on the side of the Spartans in this one. I like the Spartans 68-60. to 60. I think that it is a relatively comfortable win if there is such a thing in this magic month of March. But I've got a Spartan win. Um, I think it's kind of a late pull away. I think it remains nip and tuck, and, and, and you get a little comfortable in the last four minutes. I will say one thing that the Spartans have struggled with this season is getting out to slow starts. So they got to make sure that does not happen against this dangerous Davidson team. But that's also something the Spartans did a really good job of not doing in the Big Ten tournament. So you hope that that's, those struggles are in the rearview mirror and that trend can be kissed goodbye. All right, gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Once again, this is I want to echo it. Once again, if this is a close game, don't be super surprised. This is a really good Davidson team, a really disciplined team. They do a lot of things really, really well. And, and for Michigan State, you know, once again, I don't see them coming out with, with some kind of lackadaisical effort. I think that those problems have been, have been shored up, especially the focus problems. And it seems like this team is really taking advantage of this opportunity. But this could get a little bit sticky if a lot of Davidson shots go in. So once again, it, it's got to be full bore. You cannot look down the road to Duke. Potentially, they're going to be playing before Michigan State. But there's a lot of crazy things going on so far in this tournament. We'll be able to break it down on a future episode of Impact Is Own. But a lot going on. So they got to just play their game and stay focused because, you know, we don't want a St. Peter's situation here. For my guys, Brennan Shabath and Luke Sloan, I am Trent Valley. This has been the Impact Zone. We will have more coverage for you tonight in Greenville. Spartans taking on Davidson. Stay tuned. This has been Impact Zone. For more, visit impact89fm.org forward slash sports.